if you're innovating, creating, or making a difference. This show is for you. Welcome to Over Coffee. I'm Dot Cannon. Here on Over Coffee, we talk with artists and innovators about the process of changing the world in terms of what they do. They give you an option to put on wings on your avatar. So you're flying around with your friends over what looks like very realistically like Black Rock City. Some things like that made it very special. Futurist Celeste Lear is all about bringing fun, creativity, and music to the virtual space. With a background in music production and sound engineering, she's known as DJ Celeste, and she's the first of a new wave of DJs building nightclub environments and performing in virtual reality. And she could certainly be considered a triple threat because she's also an immersive experience designer, a 3D artist, and the founder of Boutique Electronique Music, a Los Angeles-based entertainment company. In 2020, DJ Celeste created her own venue and performed live for the first ever Burning Man Festival to be held entirely in virtual reality. Now, she's looking forward to doing that again for 2021, and she's teaching others how to create the magic of virtual venues. Celeste, you say on your website, music plays me. How did you first realize that music was your calling? So from a young age, I was very lucky because I have a family that has been involved in music. My father was a trained concert pianist, although he didn't go down that road entirely, but we always had a piano in the living room and both of my parents were avid record collectors. So I was really immersed in a wide variety of music from a very young age and instantly drawn to it and demanded that my mother buy me an electric guitar when I was 15 years old, (laughs) which was responded to by a firm no, but if I get you an acoustic and you learn, then I will buy you a red electric guitar. So yes, and I ended up going into studying music and sound engineering in university. Fast forward to today. If I have all my information correct, you are one of the very first DJs to build your dream venues, perform your dream concerts in VR, and also have just done your first holographic performance. How'd you first get into that? Okay, so I had been working as a sound engineer, music producer, and also DJ for the last 13 years, mainly in and around California, the Bay Area, and Los Angeles. I loved doing that, was able to make a pretty good living as a DJ. And I also got into event production. And of course, when I was living in the Bay Area at the time, a lot of my friends work in tech. And a lot of my friends are also in the music and entertainment industry. And so I would hear a lot from them about what was going on with the newest technology, including virtual reality. And one of the first events that I got truly turned on and inspired by it happened in San Francisco in 2018 at this nightclub called The Great Northern. And my friend Julian Reyes from Keyframe Entertainment pulled together and hosted an event that was all based around bringing the creators, engineers, and innovators of various music-related VR applications and technology down for an expose. And I was just blown away by what the current technology was. I got to demo a lot of it. I got to try on goggles and 
I'd had a couple of VR experiences leading up to that, but that was the ticket where I was like, okay, this is it. I, it is so exciting. It's so new. It is some next level technology. And then in 2019, early 2019, I bought goggles and started learning what was out there, what was going on, following my friends and actually attending events as an avatar and learning the possibilities. So running off track here, but in a nutshell, that was kind of how it happened. Take me back in your imagination, would you? What was your very first concert like when you performed in VR? So let's see, the first performance was actually, it was in virtual reality, but it was a 2D program. And it was actually there, the OG VR platform, also out of San Francisco, it's called Second Life. And Second Life has actually a, still a very vibrant community. People build their own worlds and they come in as avatars and hang out at different events. And so I actually had, I'm a Burning Man enthusiast. And so I learned that one of the oldest Burning Man teams and the first to do it in virtuality was in Second Life. So I went in, I downloaded the program, I learned how to use it. I went in and started meeting some of the virtual burners (laughs) because Burning Man was happening in VR in 2020. And so I decided before that happened, I was going to learn as much as I can. And so that crew was just fantastic, very welcoming. I told them that I had designed 3D art on like my own stages that I wanted to use for performance. And they said, great, we'll show you how to do it. And people were so gracious and went out of their way to teach me how to bring the 3D art that I'd created as conceptual stage art. (laughs) And they taught me how to convert the files and bring them into Second Life, import them and set them up and build them and size it. And then I got to perform as an avatar during the virtual burn. There was one event that we did before was a regional. So that was a couple months before the burn. And that was really exciting. It was really inspirational. It was, as I think a lot of artists, they say that artists are drawn to virtual reality because you get some really cool next level tools and ways to express and express yourself and hang out. And um, yeah, that experience was incredibly like supercharging and inspirational on so many levels. Did you get to bring your pet unicorn? I did. So one of the other avatars who's ahead of the Burning Man group there gifted me a little digital unicorn familiar, which you attach to your avatar and it follows you around everywhere you go. (laughs) Things like that make it very interactive and kind of help the immersive experience and also playful. They were a very, very fun and playful group of people to work with. That's the most fun part, I think, is the play element. I see they're doing virtual burn again this year. Would you tell me about your involvement? Yeah, so last year, right when the burn was canceled, I said, okay, well, this is it. This is going to be like a big shift to VR for those that want to follow it and also a virtual. So I did my best to do research on all the different groups that were coming together because there was many different subgroups for the metaverse experience or they called the burning man the multiverse experience and that included the multiple different metaverse teams and so i went into a couple of the different platforms and learned as much as i can and met as many people as i can and i was video documenting the experience because i really wanted people to understand and see how this was happening, what technology people were using, what the experience was. It was so fascinating. It was like a social experiment. It was like a science experiment. And I was so, (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't know. I just, I really got in there and did as much as I can. But the group that I gravitated to the most was the BRCVR crew inside of the the VR platform called Alt Space. This was one of the more accessible platforms to join because you can come on a computer, on a Mac and a PC in 2D mode, or you can also come on any kind of VR goggles, including the Oculus Quest, a Rift, a HTC Vive, whatever equipment you have. So that made it very accessible. And I decided that that would be the one, not only because the team was great, but also because it was accessible that meant more people can come and experience. I would love to know what was one favorite moment that happened for you at the first virtual Burning Man? Well, let's see. So the whole thing was pretty mind blowing. I would say I was just thrilled with the production team and to be a part of it also as a DJ and also event coordinator and general kind of community organizer was really incredible. I would say the the way that they recreated the Burning Man experience as a simulation and using the current technology that we have was pretty inspirational and mind-blowing, all the fun interactive games that they came up with. I would say getting to fly through some of the simulations, they gave you an option to put on wings on your avatar. So you're flying around with your friends over, you know, what looks like very realistically like Black Rock City. I would say also like dancing to some of my favorite DJs as an avatar. I'm dancing in my living room, right? And trying not to spill drinks on my dining room <laughs> table. <laughs> you know, under a digital starlit sky. Yeah, it's, I would say some things like that made it very special. What if somebody's listening right now and they say, I want to create something mind blowing. I have no idea where to start. Suppose this person wants to create a community festival. What would be your advice to them if, let's say, they cannot go out, they're going to want to create something in VR that's going to be amazing? Where did they start and what do they do? Sure. I say the first thing you need to do is get online and do research as to what kind of technology you might need and maybe can afford to be able to produce immersive events and you most likely are going to want to get a pair of goggles if you don't already have them and there's a couple different types although the oculus quest has kind of become the standalone it does have limitations actually as to if you want to video document or broadcast some of the experiences then you would actually it would be better if you have a pc computer that you can plug different types of goggles into so you can video broadcast yourself. So these are some of the limitations unless you can learn how to side chain a quest to a PC or to a computer, then you are limited. So there is definitely a learning curve. There's a lot that you have to understand for the technology. I am, as a music person, I studied sound engineering and music theory and over the years and we always learn on a Macintosh so we had Apple products and when I got into VR in 2018 I realized that oh my god I'm gonna have to bite the bullet and get a PC so I had to do that and that took a lot of work okay because if you're a Mac person switching over and using both you have to be dedicated so these are the other things you have to learn what you need and then second most you have to put yourself in learn about the various platforms immerse yourself go in and talk to people I've generally found that I've 
met the most incredible people in there as avatars and people have gone out of their way to show me around, to teach me how things work. I was involved with the Wave community, which was one of my absolute favorite platforms. You can only access it on a very powerful PC, but it had the best graphics and it had the coolest community. So you got to get in there, go to the different events that are going on, ask people how they do it, stick around and talk to the event producers and follow them on social media, write follow-up emails. You have to be driven and vigilant to do this. It's like with real life in many respects too. You you have to know people. <laughs> and you have to really love what you're doing and say, I will give time to this is what I'm hearing you say. Yes. Once you've done that, once you have your PC, we're going to broadcast live, we're going to have this event, we've connected with some people. I've heard you mention Altspace, I've heard you mention Second Life. What are some others that you really like? I think Wave went under, right? They're not working any longer, but what are some others you really like and what's some technology you like? Yeah, okay, so Sansar is another program that you you do have to have a pretty powerful gamer type PC at this point. The things are going to start changing over the next couple of years. A lot of these programs are going to become more accessible. So Sansar, I believe, was also a spin-off of Second Life. It was started by the same company. So and it's the the bigger, badder version where you are fully immersed. So it's not just on your screen, but you are in environments that are all around you. Sansar VR chat is one that I've been in a number of times and I do like it and it's fun. And also the graphics are very good in VR chat. Virbella is a 2D mode, actually might be VR capable, but Virbella is also a platform that I've been in and perform. I've actually performed as a DJ and been to various workshops. They have a a women in XR community that meets on Wednesdays. That's worth checking out. Yeah, Parabella. Tempt me here because I'd yeah. love to see this. <laughs> and then, and so for music and DJ people, Tribe XR is one of the best. And that was, it's a platform where you actually get to use kind of industry standard DJ turntables and a mixer for performance and you get to load your own music and the creators of XR worked with pioneer DJ engineers, which is, it's the leader, kind of the industry standard in the DJ world for DJ hardware that you see in any nightclub or festival. You basically also can learn how to DJ and save yourself thousands of dollars on equipment by using a VR program like this and, and you, it's multi-room so other avatars can come and hang out while you're spinning you can spin back to back with other avatars that can load music right from their computer it's just great technology it's fun you can also you have green screen capabilities so you can insert your own visuals into your shows and perform as an avatar and broadcast it if you have a pc what a blast you could have. What about creating yeah. your venue when you're creating your dream venue like you have on your main website? Mm-hmm. How do you do that where you have, for example, the rays coming out from the back of the stage? How do you make that one? Okay, so this varies. And one of the things I really liked about Wave, which is what I mentioned earlier, was that you can import art from a website like Sketchfab or what used to be Google Poly. So one of the reasons Wave went out of business is because Google Poly went under, they discontinued it, and that meant all of our art got deleted. And so basically eight months of work that I spent building these beautiful stages got deleted. But I still have the files from what I built, but all that work went out the window. 
So what I will actually admit right up front is I am not a trained 3D artist. I basically downloaded a program called Tilt Rush, which is you can get it on an Oculus from the Oculus store. And I fell in love with it. It was kind of like art therapy for me. My partner at the time was complaining that he never saw me because I was in VR all the time. Because <laughs> it's a great, it's just an incredible way to create. And the first thing I did when I was in there, is I was conceptualizing like, oh, if, if I could ever perform on a festival stage, this is what it would look like. And so I started creating this art exporting it and uploading it to the websites that you could bring into various VR platforms. So I started on Tilt Rush. There's programs like Gravity Sketch that you can also use. You can also go online and look at community art. Like some people just share their art and you can download things from right there and start building. Some of the platforms give you presets for tools that you can actually, like once you get an account and log in, you can build your own world. And once you learn how to do that, you can size things and use the presets of tools and 3D art that they give you to build. And one thing that I've been able and lucky to do is since I was one of the first people in here doing this, I was able to get funding for various projects. So I got some corporate events that we had a budget to work with and you know, I would sit down and interview the team. What kind of experience do you want to create? We did a event for Cisco where we got a pretty good budget. I was able to hire a team of 3D artists and world builders and build a custom racetrack. And so we built a Mario Kart racetrack. Um, we had it so the DJ booth was at the end of the racetrack. And when the avatars came in, they could get in their own little car and actually race around the track. And we had races between friends. I was playing music. People could come on the dance floor and they could wear Mario Kart clothing. Our team made it so it was interactive art. So you can put on a Mario hat, like a mushroom hat. And so <laughs> things like that. It's really amazing. This is one of the reasons I'm drawn to it. Cause it's kind of like a sky is the limit inside virtual reality with some of these things. And then pertaining to events, you can make it so fun and interactive for your guests. I should add that you made me laugh out loud in preparation for this. I was looking at Burning Man. I'm seeing these cupcakes racing each other. And that was a scream. Of course, nothing would ever go wrong in technology for any of our listeners. But oh, yeah. I wish that was the case. That is, uh-huh. That's the other thing I would say. If anyone here wants to get into VR, you have to be brave and strong and patient. And you have to basically bang your head on the wall because things will not work. And it is also when I'm performing as a DJ, I'm balancing VR goggles on my head while I'm manning incredibly technical equipment in the real world. I'm dealing with a computer I'm dealing with it's so much multitasking that sometimes I'm like I just want to drop out of society and move to Costa Rica and be a <laughs> mango farmer because this is driving me insane I can't believe that my friends and I are doing this kind of work because it is it's mind-boggling how many moving parts there are how do you troubleshoot if something goes wrong how do you get through it and make it look like oh I meant that to happen yeah okay well here's the First, most important thing is like when you start doing this, you need a checklist when before you start of, okay, before I do a show, these are the first things I have to do. Plug in my Ethernet cable, restart the computer, check to make sure all the cables are going through your sound interface, test it, 
two hours before the show. So a checklist is based on, you know, the work that you've done before is really essential. Troubleshooting, you have to have a plan B. So for instance, if I am performing, if something goes wrong, I have to have another broadcast video of me with the audio prepped and ready to go so we can switch it over because we don't want dead space or sound. The good thing is like everyone in the VR world, when they're hanging out as avatars, we all know that things happen and everyone's generally very patient. But when you're working with a corporate client, you have to be sure. The other thing I would say is that some of these are pre-recorded. So that event that we did for Cisco, we invited some of the Cisco members in for the pre-record. So we had avatars hanging out. We invited our friends. We had a dance party. We had people racing around. But I also had a team of VR videographers who are flying around capturing. They're flying around in VR. It's pretty cool, actually. And some of them get drone privileges. So some of their avatars turn into little drones that fly around with video cameras so we can document everything. So we did that in advance. We captured everything and then hired someone to edit it for the end party, which was actually a Zoom party. But we had the CEO of the company, the product manager come in as an avatar and give the introduction speech. So we just thought of little things that we could do to personalize it, make it fun for everybody and novel. Wow. What if, and you did not know I was going to do a shameless plug here, but here comes one. (laughs) What if somebody either wants to learn from you, take lessons from you on how to do this, or maybe hire you for an event? How do they get in touch with you? Sure, absolutely. Well, I'm pretty easy to track down. My name is Celeste Lear, last name L-E-A-R. I also go by DJ Celeste. I'm all over. I'm online. I'm on Instagram as Celeste Lear. And I have I have a couple projects coming down the pipeline that are going to keep me very busy right now, including a very, very exciting project that I'm not allowed to talk about. I wish I could, but it's going to be an international organization. And we're going to do a video mapping experience on a dome that's going to be built in 3D that people can come to and experience some beautiful images. And this is going to be something that we want to be inspirational and also a catalyst for some social change and some sustainability projects. And the next couple of months, I'm going to be involved with this. Also, Burning Man is coming up and I encourage anyone to get involved and if any, yeah, like get online and try to meet people and volunteer your time. And there's great communities in there. And you will be pleasantly surprised when you see what's going on in there, I think. (laughs) You may just see my husband and me this year. We really want to be a part of this. What do you consider some of your best lessons learned in the past two years in the metaverse? Well, let's see. On a positive side, I think some of the lessons would be the outstanding friendships that I've made and that it's possible to have these bonds with people as an avatar. And I would also say a hard lesson was learning to only drink your cocktails and drinks out of a sippy cup with a lid. Oh no. Oh yeah. yeah. (laughs) You're in VR, your arms are flailing around, you're dancing. I've knocked drinks over on a keyboard Thank goodness. It's now Apple products. I will say like, I have a love hate relationship with Apple, but wow, their products like are amazing. Cause I spilled the drink on a computer still works really well. I've also punched walls accidentally. I've hit my head. I've knocked over furniture. And so, yeah, some hard lessons are 
actually you got to be careful. The other thing is when you're in the metaverse, it's exciting and you're having fun and you forget to take care of your physical body. And so that's another lesson is you need to hydrate. You need to remember to eat. You need to remember to unplug, get out and go outside and hug a tree because it is easy to get lost in the metaverse because it's fun. We have a great time. We party, but you take care of yourself and also remind people when you're in the metaverse to take care of themselves. Um, if you see anything weird happening, report it to there's usually moderators in a lot of these events. The great thing about VR, I would say also a lot of us are philosophizing about the way it's changing how we relate to each other. I have friends with social anxiety. I have friends that actually feel more comfortable hanging out and confident as avatars because maybe they're sensitive to energy or they're introverts and they're not used to like being, and it sounds weird, but like being around other humans sometimes can be really intense. Like you're, if you are sensitive to people's energy or vibes, like when you're in VR, it's this in safer in many ways. Like if there's a weird interaction, you can just leave, you can block someone, you can put a bubble around yourself. You can mute them. I mean, come on, don't we wish we had this in real life sometimes? <laughs> There's no substitute for a one-on-one human interaction. And of course, I do my best to balance my time between physical interactions and hanging out and playing in the metaverse. But yeah, these are some lessons that I've learned. Also, what I mentioned earlier is like having your plan B when you're running events, making sure that everything is very, very well thought out in advance and that you have backup videos and can able to troubleshoot I think that you just did your first holographic performance, did you not, as a DJ? You know, actually, I was told that I was going to be turned into a hologram. I just got back from Vegas. I was in two days in Vegas. There's a a company called Dreamland XR. They have a warehouse space in downtown Vegas called the Starbase, S-T-A-R-B-A-S-E, one word. And what did happen was they were the first ever team to turn an avatar into a hologram in real life. And so we actually watched this happen. They said they were going to do it for me, but it ended up, it was a highly technically challenging problem. We had some problems with the technology day two when I performed. So it actually happened on day one with a group of avatars inside of alt space. So the device that we used was called a portal hologram, P-O-R-T-L, portal hologram. And so there was different things going on. So I'm still waiting to be turned into a hologram. We'll see if it happens. Like I'm a futurist. So these kind of things turn me on. We can list that among coming attractions. Speaking <laughs> of which, where can people see you perform the rest of the summer and the rest of the year? So let's see, since I've accepted a job as an immersive event producer and designer, I will be doing a little bit less events, but I will, again, encourage anyone that likes colorful art and wild friends to come into Altspace VR or any of the other platforms for the Burning Man experience. I have not been focusing as much on DJing in VR recently, also because I've been making money on some other projects that I've been involved with. So I have nothing to promote at this point. But if anyone is listening and is intrigued, I do encourage you to go to my website, which is www.djcelestlear.com. 
And then there's also a page for all the VR work that I've done and the video documentation and some tutorials. And I love sharing and you can learn more there. And there's also my events page. So any last minute events that come up, I'll also be performing at Burning Man, although I'm not sure which camps yet. (laughs) In addition to her other creative work, I've been producing and releasing music in my free time because this has become more of a labor of love because if anyone knows, it's kind of can be very, very challenging to make money as a musician, but I still release music. So it's up on all digital retailers um, under DJ Celeste Lear, all the new music. And also, let's see, I just started a new YouTube page called Partying in the Metaverse, and I'm going to be uploading videos periodically of documentation that I'm doing around on different events and parties, festivals, but anything that's going on in the metaverse that I think is interesting and colorful. And I'll be doing my best to cover that with one of my partners, Jake from Seattle, who's a very tech savvy VR event producer. So partying in the metaverse is the new YouTube page. Definitely subscribe to this one. I will throw one more shameless plug in. People really should not miss your video for In Your Orbit, the song that you wrote. That was amazing. If people could only get one thing from you about innovation, creativity, and making a difference, what would you like them to take away from your work as an event producer, 3D artist, and a DJ? I come back to this term, this next level tools for creation. So if you're listening into this this far, maybe the term futurist is an appealing term to you, or maybe you're curious about it. So I would say if you want to have these next level experiences of art and music and culture. And you have to be open-minded and willing to do the work that it takes to, to get in, you know, to understand how this technology works and how you can utilize it. And there's so many different ways. And I'm a pretty positive person. I always feel like I want my work to change the world on some level and in a better, you know, in a better way. And, bring people together. That's one of the reasons I've DJed for so long is because it's just the best job ever. I get to bring people together and celebrate art and community and romance. And so we're moving into different methods for doing these things. And now VR is, you know, relatively new method for expressing and socializing. And so, yeah, always just have an open mind and be tenacious in learning the technology. Celeste, thank you for your time today. Ah, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm glad that worked out. (laughs) You and I have been listening to Celeste Lear, founder of Boutique Electronique Music and the first of a new wave of DJs to create environments and perform in virtual reality. Check out her mixes, her original compositions, and her tutorial on virtual stage design at djcelestelear.com. That's djcelestelear.com. And subscribe to her new YouTube page, Partying in the Metaverse, where she'll keep you updated on what's happening in virtual space. And if you're going to Burning Man's virtual burn event, be sure you look for her. She'll be the DJ who can play guitar live to match the beats, and who may very well have brought along her pet unicorn. And that concludes this edition of Over Coffee. Thank you for listening. Listen to more Over Coffee podcasts at twomavericks.com. That's two, T-W-O, Mavericks, M-A-V-E-R-I-X. And you can contact us at twomavericks at gmail.com.
The music you're hearing is royalty-free production music provided by Pond5 at Pond5.com. I'm Dot Cannon. Here's wishing you a cappuccino day.